And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our souls, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am your host, as always, Ronnie Landis. And today we have a very special guest with us in the form of Nadine Artemis. Uh, Nadine came on the show a little while back. I think it's episode 101. And this is episode 152 or 53, one of those. (laughs) And, um, you know, I've been wanting to have Nadine come back for a little while. We really had an amazing conversation in our last interview, and she has been very, very busy, recently released a brand new book, and we actually got to meet each other in person for the first time at the most recent longevity conference. And um, it's always cool to be able to meet other leaders and influencers in the in the relative community, maybe you know, come across people via their name on the internet or their work, and we know of them, or in my case, really know of your work for, for many, many years. And it's always cool to bump into each other physically and get that real connection. So um, definitely it was really great to meet you and uh, for the first time face to face and to, uh, you know, set up another conversation. Yeah, likewise, it was great to meet you in person too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> for everyone that is not as familiar with your work, I would definitely recommend that they go back to that original interview, again, number 101, to really dive deep into your background story and, um, you know, in aromatherapy and natural cosmetics, natural beauty products, um, essential oils, and all the cool things that we talked about. And I'd love to just open up this conversation by talking about your new book. Oh, and, sure. And really sharing, sharing kind of the principles, the overview, some really cool things that you think are really um, 
that really pop out for you or that are that a lot of people that have given feedback on the book um, have kind of like resonated with? And, and first of all, what is the book called again? And uh, yeah, let's unpack that. <laughs> Here it is. Renegade Beauty. I have it nearby. Um, Yeah, here it is. It's over 400 pages. It's, uh, I I feel like it's like an outpouring of everything that was in my brain to date. And uh, there's so many chapters ranging from, you know, skin to our sun, to the the skin and sun. Um, There's a chapter with recipes. There's a chapter called Renegade Beauty Solutions at the end. It's sort of this a to Y of, um, you know, from hyperpigmentation, melasma, acne, thyroid, you know, just like a whole quick Coles Notes versions on all those subjects with solutions and things that you can do, or maybe some of the, then it reverts back to the recipe section and you can look for something to go with that. Um, and we go through a journey of, um, you know, the history and the mystery of beauty. I'll just look at the table of contents for a second. Um, beauty of this, as a pathless land, the mystery and history of beauty from the Milky Way to the microbiome. We do deep dives into the microbiome, um, you know, whether it's the yoni microbiome to the, uh, you know, gut microbiome, which really affects the skin's microbiome. And there's also a chapter on beauty and bones, which is a, a deep dive into the oral care and the oral care microbiome. I do have a book called Holistic Dental Care that I wrote previously. And uh, this chapter has like some new and updated information as well. And it even goes into like what to do with a root canal or um, jaw cavitations. Uh, so what wisdom teeth. So I really go into it. Um, the response has been amazing uh, you know, from we get a lot of quotes about it being the beauty Bible, the Holy Grail. Um, it was great being out at the conference and at our store in California and doing book signings because um, then I was able to, you know, have people uh, come up to me and talk about the book. And, you know, even men, a uh, lot of men are reading it and they've got this one guy came up and was like all these highlights and he had all these questions. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, so there's a lot in there and, uh, people are really responding well, and that's really sweet. Mm. Yeah. I mean, first of all, there's just so many little nuggets in there that I would love to elaborate on and I can definitely see why the feedback would be so positive. I mean, I've been watching you over the years since like, I want to say almost like, I don't know exactly when, but maybe seven, eight, maybe nine years ago at the original longevity conferences, um, when it was still kind of the smaller kind of community in that one hotel in Costa Mesa um, before it expanded so much into how it has now. And um, you were one of the one of the primary speakers, especially from the feminine side of things and bringing in the whole conversation around natural beauty and, and kind of a feminine perspective to health, where most of it had been dominated by masculine voices for the most part. Um, which I think is also pretty typical in the health industry, probably most industries. And I really, I really love that side of things um, and that that counter complementary perspective and embodiment. Because for us men, you know, you touched on men giving you really positive feedback. I mean, that's kind of a whole emerging um, energy. I think just in in a lot of different areas of life, but in health too, where it's like it's not just about 
you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the anabolic side of health when it comes to masculine, like bodybuilding and looking fit and more kind of vanity or, or testosterogenic focuses, you know, um, hormonal focuses, but it's also about, you know, how do we cultivate inner beauty, right? Mm -hmm. How do we cultivate a cadence and a personality of beauty and, and, um, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, just that that other side of things, and it, it's it's beautiful. Like as a man, it's like that's the only word I can think of. It's like it's beautiful, and this so this this kind of ties in something I'd like to to discuss with you. I think is very relevant. Is like this idea of beauty being an inside out phenomenon, right? Like your company obviously focuses kind of alchemically on the topical and the aromatic, the sensory system of, of the fragrances or the essential oils and how that might stimulate internal responses of beautification, like how somebody feels about themselves um, internally there and how their, their consciousness starts to evolve from uh, taking in certain, certain um, substances. Yeah, totally. I mean, really. And, you know, everything we create can, you know, you can open it up and there's a whole world really there to meet you in that level of botanicals in their purity. And they're there to be your finest bathing attendants. You know, they're there to, to activate and stimulate and grace your body. And that's, you know, I'm always amazed with, with what nature has to offer and what we can apply to our, to our skin from nature which is so effective and so exquisite. I'm just always amazed, you know, that, that we veer from that course because, you know, there's no pore that's parched for paraben. There's no part of our body that's, that's you know, deficient in petroleum derivatives. <laughs> so the fact that that's become like, you know, with that glossy advertising and the slick marketing and really going into people's fears, which is just so deep now, like we're, you know, decades into that kind of marketing. Mm. And I'm just always amazed at like, you know, that, that nature isn't totally winning at the end of the day, because like we just, we have everything we need from there and we don't need to, to go down the synthetic mm. route, which really from so many realms, you know, is, is going to be, shrinking cells is going to be shriveling cells and then we're going to just be you know it might be like temporary plumping or a temporary thing but then there's like long-term drought or dryness or disruption of the microbiome and then we're going to be like but you know there's just going to be always that hollow that thing that doesn't add up because you're buying all these bottles and you're trying to do something, but it's just empty promises. And then you're collecting more and more and nothing's really effective. And you're just sort of in this vicious cycle. Mm, uh, beautifully said. And I, I think too, like, you know, the, the, the conversation of the microbiome is huge. It's a deep one. It's something that I've been digging very deeply in over the last couple of years and, and actually drawing out some archetypical and metaphorical interpretations via the internal rainforest or the internal terrain of the body and the harmonics and the organ systems and the elimination pathways and the identification with the, the outside world. You know, one of the, one of the things I'd like to bring up and then kind of get your take on and kind of see where that goes. And I think the microbiome is a great place to, to, um, to take it. But basically the idea that I've been really 
helping wrap other people's minds around in different lectures and stuff is this idea of biospherical or elemental nutrition and, and, and mapping that to the inter- internal terrain of the body. So for example, our body has four main modes of detoxification or elimination, right? The lungs, respiration, the colon, defecation, the kidneys, ur- urination, the skin, perspiration. Then you have the, the four quadrants, I mean, there's many more, but the four main quadrants of the biosphere, which is the atmosphere, our lungs, and then the geology, which is earth, which is, you know, the colon, and then the hydrological cycle and water, which is urination, then the heliosphere, which is, you know, of sun and skin and perspiration. And then, you know, Chinese medicine, you could take, you could, you could take this so far down the rabbit hole, right? And so the idea that I'm trying to help illuminate for people is that one's own individual healing does not happen independent of the environment around them. And it's actually like our healing journey or our, our beautification journey or our transformational journey is in direct relation with our environment and with the food that's grown from the environment and the sanctity of animals and, and children. And it's like the whole thing has become such an interwoven metaphor for me personally. And I'm just curious what your personal perspectives are on that because you talk a lot about the sun and the, and then the environment. I know that your way of living and the family setup that you've created for yourselves is directly in line with that particular philosophy. Yes. Um, yeah. And the whole book is really also um, talking about the elements as in like, let's like to the widest perspective is what will replenish our beauty and our being. It's not the bottle of anything, not even really the bottle of anything I make. It's like taking it back. It's about engaging with the elements. So sun, which is what you're just speaking about, but sun, water, earth. So anything from the earth, the botanicals, the food, and air, uh, which is like allowing our skin to breathe, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And then really the, the fifth sort of hidden element is the ether. And right. that sort of alchemically to me, that's sort of a mix of all of them. And to me also, that's sort of where I engage with our thoughts. Mm. So then what it, where is our mind's uh, relationship to the elements and to thinking? Uh. And I think that's where we've got to step back and allow life to replenish us. Mm. Instead of this external focus on this bottle of like this, the serum is going to do it all because there was a beautiful ad and there's no wrinkles on that person's face. Mm. So it's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then you go home and you're like, but why, why? <laughs> so yeah, we got to engage with the elements and allow our skin to engage. So, you know, obviously the one that's so fun is just like, you know, sun tanning naked, that you got your air bath, your sun bath, then jump, jumping into a cold body of water or having a, a bath or a shower and playing with the elements that way. And then, you know, applying an oil that was made from elements of the earth and then you've got it going on. So really when we can just get, you know, or lay on the earth or put clay on or use honey, all of that's engaging more. And obviously, you know, we're still going to be dressed. We're going to not be, you know, that's not going to be changed. We're wearing clothes, but we want to think about what are we wearing, you know, for all wrapped up in polyester. We're not allowing the skin to breathe. If we're applying a petroleum-based product, we're not allowing the skin to breathe. Mm. Um, you know, if we're, if we're showering in tap water, with chlorine, you know, we're again disturbing the microbiome. We're not allowing water to replenish our being. 
So that's, you know, sort of that real foundation of how we can engage. And what really engaging with nature is, is a beautiful relationship. You know, beauty is also when we can kind of get out of the way. And it's that moment when you almost aren't thinking about yourself. It's when the self's out of the way. So to be in the sun and sun tanning, I mean, to me, that just takes me out of myself. I'm in relationship with the earth and the sun. And that's like a beautiful moment. Very well put. I feel like um, so many of people's challenges are actually a hyper focus on themselves, right? Like it's my concerns, it's my worries, it's my circumstances, it's my pain, it's my suffering, it's my whatever. And it's like, I just feel like, yeah, what you said is so perfect. It's like, you got to get out of yourself, right? You got to be, you got to stop being so self, you get to be, you get to choose not to be so self-centric in the sense of like, oh, I'm here in my own little isolated experience. And it's like, no, there's actually 7 billion human beings in and around me. There's a newest fear that I'm psychically connected to. And I'm, I'm part of this interwoven kind of dynamic with the planet. And it's like, I feel like so much of the human neurosis and the problems in humanity are the, the disconnection of the mind or the awareness of one's being in their actual physical body. And that physical body seems to be most connected or integrated. The, the being becomes most integrated when they integrate with the motherboard of the earth, like whether they're getting grounded or they're jumping into ice cold water. I know for me, like when, if I have anything going on psychically or energetically, or I'm just in a funk, I just jump in the water. I just go jump, go to the beach and jump right in the water. And it's just like, bam, I'm like clear. I'm back. I'm all good. And, and life makes sense again. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I were every, all relation is, is to creation. So every breath, every thought is not happening in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, um, there's so many different things I'd love to dive into with you. Um, I'd love to dive into the sun is as broadly as can because I, I know that this is a huge area that you elaborate on a great deal. It's a huge thing that I love to drive in with people. You go very deep with it. So I'd love to discuss. I, I don't imagine there's too many people that follow my podcast that are like heliophobic or photophobic. Like I'm pretty sure they've gotten that message. Most of them are, are really on point, but you never know. You never know who's listening to this. And we got a new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, so I'd love to like maybe demystify some of the phobia around the sun and really talk about the power of the sun, even for people that are really into it. Like, you know, like our cells are like light bags, like biophotonic receptors of light frequencies. So it's like, I want to kind of get into that and whatever else comes up around this. Like, how how important is the sun for our well-being? I like to think of it as like cosmic pollination. Yeah. And it's it's like our own form of photosynthesis. And our skin, contrary to marketing ads, our skin is designed to be exposed to the sun's rays. We have thousands of vitamin D receptors all over our body and even in places where the sun doesn't shine. Thousands of vitamin D receptors that are ready to receive the sun's rays and our skin dilates when the sun hits the skin, it it dilates to receive those rays and our vitamin D receptors need to be brimming with vitamin D. And when they are not, these sticky bacterial lingons go into the vitamin D receptors instead of sunshine, instead of vitamin D, 
and they can just crash the immune system. Like it's like basically, you know, just like finding the alarm switch and then tripping up, like turning off the whole system mm-hmm. when those bacterial lingons get into the vitamin D receptors. And so now we have modern knowledge that is helping us understand like a hundred years ago, why doctors were having success clearing up things like Epstein-Barr virus and um, tuberculosis, uh, mm-hmm. arthritis, um, What's the vitamin D rickets, rickets, you know, things like that. Yeah. Wound healing, all those sort of things. And now we have like over 2,500 studies that show that vitamin D optimal vitamin D levels will reduce like all these different diseases, including Mm. your slash your risk of breast cancer by 50%. It's huge, Mm. right? That's no small effort. So there's all of that. But then, of course, there's the fear of what will the sun do to my skin? Okay, great. I need the vitamin D, but I'm just going to have like photo aging and wrinkles. And that needs to be demystified as well. If you're, you know, really afraid of what I'm saying, you know, you can always just tan your body and your back, put a hat on, leave your face alone. But really, we need to think of like, as we spoke before, like, what's our relationship? So what's our relationship to the sun? What are we offering the sun? What is that engagement of our body and the sun? Are we bringing a Coca-Cola, like pop soda fueled body with that's been eating mazola and canola and rancid corn oils? And are we bringing that to the sun or are we bringing a hydrated body that's like got the good sources of chlorophyll and then we've got like coconut oil or sea buckthorn on and then we're baking in that rather than like oxybenzene and which, uh, you know, has been shown to um, die, die, <laughs> shown to, what's the word, uh, coral reefs, make oh, them die. Kill, I guess the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which is great because Hawaii's just passed a legit or is about trying to pass legislation to ban all oxybenzene containing mm-hmm. sunscreens. Right. Because it is like, you know, science is out is showing that those sunscreens, and when we're swimming around those popular islands, they're killing the coral reef around that. So that's just one example of where we're seeing the accumulation. So the, an ingredient like oxybenzene is just amazing because it is not carcinogenic until it is activated by sunlight. Mm. And that is the active ingredient in sunscreens. So besides the toxicity of sunscreens, the main reason why you want to, you know, use natural things in the sun and also just know you want to know how long your body can be in the sun instead of turning off that warning system by slathering it in like SPF, whatever is you know your own body, you know your skin, and if it's getting a bit red, then you're out or, you know, switch to clothing in the shade. So the reason why we can't just take vitamin D supplements and why we want to expose our skin to the sun is for things like vitamin D, which is made by the UVB rays. Also, as advanced as science is, we don't know all of the wavelengths and the spectrums from the sun. So they haven't all been identified. But we do know that UV, so sunscreen uh, will split the UVA and the UVB ray. So we only get UVA and we don't get the UVB. So when those two ultraviolet partners are separated, that's sort of when the trouble begins. And that's what an SPF does. So it it says no to the vitamin D and it says yes to the UVA. UVA on its own will cause more, you know, uh, freckles or, you know, all that kind of stuff with the skin. Mm -hmm. 
And so like, you don't want to, like if you're driving in, I think of, I always think of LA, you can cut the long traffic and like every day you have that commute home. So mm-hmm. this one arm is like always out the window or no, sorry, it's in the window and it's the windows blocking. You know what I mean? Like you've got the window yeah. that sun's yeah. coming in that arm will end up being more freckled and stuff because the window is separating the UVA and the UVB and you're just getting the UVA. So it's a good example of that. So you wouldn't want to like, I mean, have a sunny house and sunny windows, but you wouldn't want to spend like all day long in front of that sunny window, direct sunlight because of your skin. So you want the full spectrum, which again, we don't even know what that is, but we don't want to block it. Interesting. Um, yeah. So that's like, that's the main heart of that all. And also really when you go into the science and the studies and they're in totally like the New England Journal of Medicine or there's so many studies that really show. And also there's other things like Cochrane Reviews and there's different ones where they'll pool all the studies together and do things, but, you know, really to summarize, and I do go into the science in my book, but, you know, less time in the sun Um, people that live closer to the equator and have more time in the sun are less likely to get the different types of skin cancer, including melanoma. People that get melanoma do not have regular exposure to sunshine. It appears in areas where the sun doesn't shine on the body. Um, And there's a lot of good work by Dr. Bernard Ackerman. Uh, He died in 2009, but the legacy of his work is phenomenal. And he wrote a thick book like that about the myth of melanoma in the sun. It's an awesome book and it pulls together all the studies. So there's that. Um, they, it's, studies show that it's more like fluorescent lighting that's giving people issues with the uh, skin, skin disorders. Yeah. And that was written before that study was in the New England Journal of Medicine in the 80s. So that was before we, had, we were all in front of a computer all day long. You know, so there's a lot of myths to when you, when you really go dig deep. And uh, it's fun. I mean, we all know, even if we're kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't want wrinkles or whatever, you know, we all, we all feel good in the sun, you know, we're all like, actually, but it does make me feel like happy inside. So we don't want to deny that we want to go with what our guts know. And also on a gut level, engaging with the sun is so good for our immune system and it creates antimicrobial peptides. It helps to feed our skin's microbiome. So we've got all that going on. And I like to think of the sun as like this fluid because when it engages with the body, it actually generates this vitamin D, which is a precursor hormone, and it creates a very special and necessary cholesterol sulfate. So engaging with the sun creates a a form of a water-soluble vitamin D and supplements only create a fat-soluble form of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So we really do. We need the sun. And so, so brilliant. One of the things that I, I talk about quite often is like anti-candida strategies. And one of the things I mention is like, hey, you really want to get bare skin underneath the sun because the sun is emitting. It's basically anti-pathogenic. It's anti-fungal in nature. And the thing about a fungal condition or a candida condition, it's like it's like a damp, wet spleen type of environment in Chinese medicine. Like that's pretty much the issue. Like there's no there's no internal fire, no stomach acid, and it's been taken over by these opportunistic organisms in the swampy, wet, dampy environment. Candida is like the basement, right? Like the base, yeah. And yeah. like you're here in Hawaii or something, and people are getting staph infection. I've never once in my life ever gotten any kind of staff or any real infection um, that was concerning 
um, or anything I was even aware of. And one of the big practices that I've always had is, is ever since I got into raw food 10 years ago, I was just naturally led underneath the sun. It's funny you mention this idea of what are you giving to the sun? It's like almost like a devotional thing to the sun god raw kind of, you know. Totally. <laughs> and I think of our sun bed is like the altar, right? It's just like then you lie on or the dock or wherever you're right. lying. The it's earth. Kind of, it's kind of insulting to silt your noble temple, your holy temple of a body with all this chemicals and all the, and even to have the idea that I'm going to protect myself from the, the, the father, essentially the hydrogen, hydrogen father son that actually is penetrating the earth and giving it life, but I'm going to protect myself. That's just kind of a little side tangent. I think it's like, it's, it's a little bit of a human neurosis. Um, you know, how we, how we avoid nature, right? Like how we try to protect ourselves from nature when in fact nature is what gives life and protects life in the first place. Yeah. So then it goes back to that re-engaging with the elements. That's why we're here. That's how we are sustained here. Um, you just reminded me of um, something you said about the sun. Oh, I wanted to just say like, yeah, we don't want to get burnt uh, by the sun, but your body can deal with processing a burn much better than it can with hours of sunscreen on. It may not feel like it or seem like it at the time because a burn is no fun, but your DNA processes that and, and is able to, it totally knows what to do if you're doing that. Um, but there's so many safe ways to engage with the sun. And I really map that all out, like how you start. And so just because yeah. people have it's, questions. It's kind of like, it's like anything, right? It's kind of like an accumulatory storage. Totally. Like you're, you're storing vitamin D, um, it's almost like donating the, the nutrient and storing the light essentially in your body. So your body can start to acclimate to light frequencies versus whatever the heck it's been surviving on and kind of hurt. And there's a purging, right? There's a purging and acclimation. So it seems to me that if somebody goes kind of cold Turkey or they go all in, like they go from not getting enough sun to going in like nude bathing or being out in the Hawaiian sun or whatever for hours on end when they're not used to that, they get oversaturated and then they have to kind of like, it's almost like dosage dependent, right? Yeah, totally. And just start slowly and you know, maybe like, you know, 10, 15 minutes at a time mm-hmm. and you work your way up. Got it. That, that, I think that'll make a lot of sense to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's fun. So just enjoy it's so it. It's, it's lit. I'm going to be doing, that's what I'm doing when I get off this call with you. Okay. I'm going to the beach and I'm getting my dosage in. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned there's a few things. Um, the microbiome again, I'd love to kind of like um, put a little bit of a focus on that. We've kind of like, uh, it's been a little round and bout in the conversation, but I'd love to dive a little bit deeper in terms of um, you know, obviously the microbiome is not just a compartment in the small intestine. It has to do with your oral cavity. It has to do with your, the skin, the, the, um, it, you know, kind of this film or whatever around the skin, it, all over your body, like you mentioned, everything. Um, so I'd love to get your perspective on, I guess, almost like what in your, in your perspective, what is the microbiome? In my perspective, it's the biological garden. That's how I look at it. And maybe you hear a similar perspective. And can you illuminate for all of us, like, 
what is the microbiome on a bigger picture than just like digestion or probiotics? Um, and how, and how can we develop a healthy microbiome? Yeah. So the microbiome, you know, it's, it's a newer area of study, but it's like, it's, but it's tying in all these things we've been wondering about for decades and it's really come into its own area of research and understanding the past, you know, 20 years, but really in the past 10 years. And, you know, we, yeah, we are, we have microbes in us that came to our planet from meteorites and (laughs) mixing that with the carbon of our beings and the stardust. I mean, this is us and this is the garden of our beings. This is the terrain. And I like to think of the skin as the moist envelope of our soul. And then we are essentially this banquet. We're host to this bacterial banquet because now we know, like before it was all about the cells Mm. and the DNA. And now we're kind of in this post-genomic era where we're like, it's all about the bacteria. And so without this, the bacteria, because we also came from, you know, think about the 40s and this like warfare on germs and viruses and bacteria. We're so far away from that now. And thank God, because now we really understand that, you know, the mentality we had with the earth, earth, this scorched earth policy, um, which is sort of how we're running Interesting. Our inter- our relationship with the planet mm-hmm. is how we're kind of taking care of ourselves on a health level, right? Um, yeah. You know, and who's to say, I don't know when things, are, you know, might be appropriate, but the scorched earth policy of things like radiation, chemotherapy, um, just an alcoholic mouthwash, mm-hmm. an alcoholic acne treatment, steroid creams. You know, this is a scorched earth thing that's like stripping away, mutating, killing off our microbiome. So whether our grandmother had antibiotics or our mother had them at birth or we're on our like eighth round uh, and we're like 30 years old, those antibiotics are killing off. So sometimes it'll mutate, sometimes it'll disturb, and then sometimes it literally kills off species and varieties so just like our soil, they were having topsoil erosion problems and mineral issues and diversity issues also within our, even our plant life, right? It's been this monoculture and we need to get back to that diversity. Um, it is maybe, uh, it's been studied that perhaps we're at about half of our, of our species in mm. our guts that we used to have. And what we're also learning, yeah, is the microbiomes everywhere and it is essential for the, the communication in the body for the endocrine system, for our Im- immune system, the innate immune system, you know, digestion, disease, um, fungal, you know, cancers. So it, the microbiome is a player in all of those things. You cannot really think of a health issue and not understand how that's being affected in the microbiome. The main microbiome area is the alimentary canal with the guts. For women, another um, really key area is the vaginal microbiome. The oral microbiome, huge. Then there's also a breast microbiome. There's a microbiome Mm -hmm. ears, Mm -hmm. nose. You know, like if people are getting polyps in their nose, it's related to the microbiome in there. So it's everywhere. And we really want to like embrace that bacteria on a sense of like health and beauty. We want to let the bacteria be the beautician. We want to let the microbes micromanage our health. So how are we going to do that? We got to think about ways that we're going to get out of the way. So if that's your vaginal microbiome, you need to get out of the way of putting 
chemicals and things inside your yoni. Because that's going to. And a yeast infection would be like a dysbiosis of the, the yoni microbiome. Yeah. And that, you know, did it start in the gut or is it something that the, the vaginal microbiomes come in contact with? Why is that important? Well, infertility could literally be a, a vaginal microbiome issue. Your gum disease could be creating an early term pregnancy Whoa. because of the microbiome. So that, you know, it's so key. And so, and then in our mouths, we want to, you know, we can't be brushing with sodium lauryl sulfate. We can't really, we shouldn't really have mercury in there. That really messes with the microbiome. And then the mm. pathogens love the heavy metals. They'll eat them for breakfast, as Dr. Um, Hal Huggins would say, mm-hmm. called the marriage of metals and microbes. Mm. And so, um, you know, even washing our face with soap, yeah. studies now show that those surfactants, whether it's from your mild foaming cleanser or your mm. hardcore soap from the drugstore, microscopic surfactants lodge themselves into the stratum corneum, which is the top, top layer of your skin. And they stay there even after rinsing. So if you've got years of washing with soap, that just builds up. And then it creates subtle dysbiosis where you're, um, you know, you're disturbing the food supply for the, for the microbes. And then you've got that lodged into your thing. And so it's going to turn out differently for people. It could just be mild irritation. It could be chronic um, psoriasis, or you could have melasma that starts. So there's all, you know, it's going to manifest differently for different people, but that's just like the story of soap, you know, going in there or, you know, mercury in your, in your mouth or, you know, uh, eating GMOs, you've got the glyphosates in your guts, you know, so it's, it's showing up in different places everywhere. So we really want to tend to that garden of our being. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's could be eliminating things and then adding things so that you can, as David says, stack the odds in your favor. <laughs> right. Right. And I like to think of our bodies as like this bacterial bank account. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have diverse investments and um, you want to have, you know, you want to think of species. So if you're, you know, uh, if you are taking a probiotic, you want to look for billions of colony forming units and a wide variety from the lactobacilli to the bifidus and all their little varieties. You can be swishing with them in your mouth when you're oil pulling, you can be ingesting probiotics and prebiotics. You know, you could be making uh, probiotic suppositories for your yoni so they're there to help us. And that's when you want to think about refeeding and reseeding your guts and your skin's mm-hmm. microbiome. This is so, it's so interesting. Um, there's a number of different things that pop up. I mean, I'm thinking of like the estrobilome, which mm-hmm. is like, right? Like how our hormones or estrogen metabolism is affected by, like that's its own microbiome or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm going to go into that more uh, with, uh, I'm going to do a talk on that for the next women's health conference. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. That's, I mean, I'm sure there's a testosterone or or what I mean. Yeah. And like prostate, there's gotta be stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause wherever you go, there's like a, you know, years ago I was pretty sure sh- I was like, uh, you know, when we're breastfeeding, because breastfeeding helps prevent uh, breast cancer. It's just one of the things. And I, I was, I, you know, I'll think of something first and then I go see if science can back me up. And then it did. And it was just about, you know, because then 
well, so it's said that women's breasts aren't fully developed. You know, I think it's sort of the la- the end stage in their development is to breastfeed. And I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying developmentally. Wow. And then what you're getting is this flush through of the microbiome, right? Because then you're, you've got all these oligosaccharides now moving through your uh-huh. breast. And you're inoculating your baby's microbiome. So that's so key too, right? Because you've got your, you inherit your, your maternal microbiome genome that's from the mother. And so you got to, you ideally get that um, sort of baptism from the vaginal canal. And those are your first sips of life really. And then that, um, they could, science was like never sure why uh, breast milk had all these undigestible starches, which is the oligosaccharides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's over, there's over 200 of them. And now they know, well, oh, that activates, you know, the microbiome in the child because those are the prebiotics sort of activating the probiotics. So I think of it as this little uh-huh. starter culture. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what formula, it does not have that, that, that life force, you know. Right. Right. That's, I mean, so key. One of the things that came up in my mind as you're sharing all this is like, you know, it kind of comes back to the original conversation of like nourishing the cells, what the cells really are and kind of this, this, this astrological cosmological perspective that our cells are tracking the coordinates of this, of the stars, essentially. Like that's kind of, that's kind of a fact in reality. And that's why I think astrology actually does work in things like human design and gene keys, like these typologies that are more cosmically inclined actually are so accurate. And it also kind of brings in this idea around the microbiome that one of the ways that we can connect to our tribal roots and our ancestry is not just like, okay, yeah, I get connected to the earth. Like that makes sense. But then on a deeper level, it's like, yeah, well, my ancestors DNA and micro microbial memory may be housed in my microbiome. Maybe it's not just the Akashic records or just like some kind of ethereal, like, yeah, I definitely believe in all that, but maybe it's more physical. Maybe my memory of my ancestors and my lineage is actually housed in my microbes. And if I can start to develop the culture, right? Like the culture within myself, it'll connect me more with my human culture. I think that's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. I love that idea. It's a good concept. And also our cells have consciousness and so does the bacteria. So we can also tune into our bodies and, and work with our bodies more knowing that like, and appreciating these billions of points of consciousness that our bacteria and cells emit, tuning into that, appreciating them, thanking them. And then, you know, they can do their good through the body. Mm. So yeah, it's like really tuning into that. And it's also like another, you know, thing with, GMOs is, you know, the companies that make the glyphosate say, well, it's okay because the action that it, that it does to destroy weeds is that it's working with the, the shikimate pathway for the uh-huh. insects and stuff. Uh-huh. And humans don't have that. Right. right. And we don't, but all the bacteria do. So every bacteria has a shikimate pathway in our bodies and in animals' bodies. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's just like, Right. That's kind of all you need to know. That's and I mean that's a whole thing in of itself. Like the, the glyphosate contamination and what that does to the microvilli 
and yeah. how that breaks down this the the microvilli and breaks down absorption and people are just having massive amounts of amino acid deficiencies protein excess um mineral deficiencies etc cetera, etc cetera. and like um you know one of the things about glyphosate i find is like it's just very ironic the fact that it is it's a biocide and it's being used as a weed killer but according to dr zachary bush i think it's like one one tenth of a thousand percent of the glyphosate actually makes it onto the weed and actually just the rest of it goes into the soil. So it's not really a weed killer, but it is a biocide, which is basically designed to kill any biological life that is not genetically modified. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole can of worms, obviously. What does that mean? Like we need to, we need to protect ourselves, right? We need to get on, get on board with the program. I'd love to segue that comment as we, we kind of cap off our entire conversation. Like, what are some of the things that you've really found to help people get on get on board with the with the I guess the reprogram like to take back their power to really optimize their health to cleanse and clean out some of these environmental pollutants and to really regain their effervescent kind of natural beauty well I think um, it's easy it's 2018 on one level, you know, it's pretty easy. Like we, I also feel like it, we're at a time when I can enjoy the elements because I also can come home and have a great shelter and I've got the running water, you know, so it's not like we don't have to struggle with the elements anymore. Generally for most of the population on the planet, it's like mm-hmm. we have that luxury now. And um, I, I, I kind of summarize, it's easy to remember because it's just like, I think of stop seal and seed. So Mm. stop we might have to stop showering in chlorine or stop eating glyphosates or stop putting petroleum on our skin or stop using soap Uh, you can still use it for pits and bits but you don't want to be soaping your arms and all that um so stopping and then sealing so sealing and healing the gut sealing and healing the gums so it's not like bleeding every time you're flossing um which would be like you know, sodium lauryl sulfate makes the skin really thin and stop using that alcoholic mouthwashes because that's like harming the microbiome Mm. Um, and then seeding. So then really looking, you know, through diet and sunshine and engaging with the elements to allow that population to expand and get that diversity back in. And so in whatever area you kind of think you need that, you know, and then that brings you, and then we also reseed by, you know, again, engaging with the elements and in their pure form as much as you can do. If you're in apartment in the city, get a shower filter, Mm. you know, I had that when I had my apartment in Toronto and uh, we had the shower filter and we would do everything. We would wash the kale in the shower. We would run a bath through the shower, you know, you have to (laughs) do what you can. Wow. That's actually a really good idea. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. And we travel, you know, we'll bring the shower filters when we travel or we won't shower, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Throw on some dry shampoo, get a bottle of spring water, freshen your pits. Uh, You're uh, fine. uh, (laughs) Tie a hose to your shower and give yourself self-administered enemas, whatever you're into. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> These are all just ideas. <laughs> wow, totally. so, yeah, so good. So what I what I heard from you, and I love the way you you kind of um, uh, articulated it, was this idea of you know, you got to stop what you're doing that's causing the problem, right? Just in life in general, like if you keep repeating a cycle, you're only going to get more of it or it's going to get worse. 
it's going to, it's going to compound. Right. So it's like, we got to like first stop, take a look at what's going on, survey the situation and kind of get a sense of like what's helping, what's not. And then from there, I love seal and heal because it's one thing to like, okay, I'm going to go and do a healing, but there's, there's foods or supplements or certain approaches that if we haven't sealed a wound or sealed uh, your intestinal lining, if you have leaky gut or sealed, you know, like the gums, like you mentioned, or whatever, um, if you haven't created a protective layer of something that's been wounded or hurt or opened up, then it's then some of the things that could be very helpful could maybe cause an allergy or could be problematic. Um, I just think that maybe we can touch on that perspective just for a second, because I think it's very profound and it's very deep, but I'd love to hear from you kind of uh, unpack that a little bit for people. The healing and sealing. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of depends what area you might feel you need to focus, but um, you know, it's all there and it can be really easy. So uh, it's, and it is important because you want to, you know, the, the, the gut, if it's leaking, that's a microscopic perforation mm. in the gut. Mm. And then that's like leaking out, um, food and protein and on a microscopic level, things into your body. So that seal, the intestinal seal is gone mm. on your skin. You're, you know, that could be an area where you have eczema or your, you know, um, acne or that kind of thing or an open wound, you know, and, or, you know, that could just, you could be, have a cut or a thing you need to literally seal the skin. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, with the, with the mouth, there's all kinds of things, um, where there's, if you've got bleeding, you've got a direct root, or maybe you have a root canal that's like draining toxins into the blood supply every day. So those are the things that you need to seal the, seal the leaks. So your boat can float, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's like a really, it's a beautiful phase too, because that's when you're engaging more and you're aware of your body on a different level. And, um, you know, and then you can look to the seating and then that will be more effective because things have been sealed, you know, and then the seating, you know, if you haven't quite gotten a grip on the seating, I mean, the ceiling, the seating will help. And, you know, sometimes it's like an upward spiral where you're doing mm. one thing that's helping the next and, you can kind of get out of situations that way. And then also, I mean, it can be overwhelming because then you could be, oh my God, <laughs> there's so much to do, but just pick a few things at a time. And also, you know, anything I'm suggesting not to do, there is a beautiful option to do it with, you know, whether it's something really easy, like just swishing, uh, making mouthwash with baking soda, which is so mm -hmm. alkaline mm -hmm. or using a beautiful oil on your skin. I mean, it also is, I was saying, joking, it was 2018. So it's easy, but I mean, there, there's never been more nutrients that we can get in touch with, you know, at the same time, well, there's never been more GMOs or issues like that, but at the same time, we, we have access to amazing diverse food supply that we can really get amazing nutrients from. There's amazing supplements. There's amazing stuff going on in the field of probiotics. And, you know, what you can put on your skin that's created from all the beautiful plants and roses and all of that. I mean, then you're only, you know, you're not denying your body anything. You actually open up the door to like a beautiful banquet that's just celebrating life on such a different level. You know, it's like so, I got so enamored with, making, you know, cosmetics and stuff for our body because also of like the history of it. It's just so fascinating. When I learned that 
medicine and perfume used to be one and the same, that the perfumer was the medicine maker and the medicine maker was the perfumist. I mean, that just floored me for years. Uh, and, uh, and now it's just like, we have like, I mean, you know, stuff we used to put on our bodies used to be like pressed from the petals, tinctured from trees and made from sap. And now we just have these lifeless liquids that are a miss of reverence. And that's what we're really missing is just like vitality for everything that we're putting on in and around our body. And just like, don't settle for anything less. And it's fun. Mm, yeah. 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 So, so beautifully shared, so beautifully represented. It's, it's like, um, yeah, it's kind of like bringing the tenets of alchemy back, like the essence, like in order for the alchemical byproduct or the concoction to be created, the the alchemist, the user, the 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 medicine person, the sign, whatever, they the magician, they had to transform themselves alongside the actual thing that they were creating. It had to affect them as a process of manifesting that particular thing right and i feel like it's a similar thing that i feel from you and a number of other my my kind of alchemically inclined supplement uh creators out there that there is this there is this mutual process where the 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 substance the product is not independent of the the creator it's like it's almost like a mutual creative kind of process that spirit is imbuing itself through to actually get this product these products out to the world um, that really do have spiritual value. They do have vitality. There is an actual life force to them and, and also has all the other benefits that people would want to see, but maybe they're, they're choosing products that are quite inferior. Yeah. It's just not a celebrate. It's not celebrating your life or life mm. in general. Mm-hmm. And that's where I just, you know, it, there's a lot of seriousness and we've talked about a lot of, you know, sort of serious things, but on the other level, I mean, that's, this is a path to joy too with your body. I mean, it's that simple and it can be, and we're allowed. It doesn't have to be all like, ah, and wash my face and you know, all this stress. And it's just like, we got to relax and, you know, allow beauty, receive it. It's not another adrenal driven goal. (laughs) <laughs> you know just <laughs> gotta chill <laughs> yeah and that that in of itself is like part of the, the whole secret anyways I, I think that's and that's why i think i was touching on before you bringing in that kind of like divine empowered wise feminine side of things which does re- relax the adrenals a bit and <laughs> is is very like it's just about harmony and peace and and the good for all right and that's such a just such a necessary energy that I think is coming through in the world, especially in the health world, because there is such this like ambition to heal yourself. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. What kind of energy is that? Like, that doesn't sound like necessary. Like, yeah, there's, there's certain things I got to work through and I got to like be, I got to have willpower and I got to work through my blocks, but there's like this hyper ambition to like heal ourselves. And it's like, whoa, okay. Actually, maybe I need to like relax and like love myself and get into that. Yeah, because what that does is it really activates the lack, right? Uh, when you're engaged in the what you don't have going on, you've just, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then it's hard, you know, because then we've got a lot of judgmental thoughts going on, which does get in the way of beauty, like in as a bigger concept, the beauty of being, 
like that kind of beauty. Mm, yeah. Well, that's a whole yes. nother, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's another conversation right there. The beauty of being, well, with that said, um, you know, let's, let's leave everybody off with, uh, the resources for your book, Renegade Beauty and also living libations and where I don't know if it's accessible um, both of those are accessible on the same website, but I'd love to just get, get everybody that information where they can go. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm just thinking? Why don't we do a giveaway for renegade beauty? Sure. So however you want to do it and then just let us know the winner and we'll send them out a book. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we have our website, livinglibations.com. And the book's on there and it's also in Amazon and all of that. And, you know, regular social media channels like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all mm-hmm. the regular things. All the regulars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> awesome, Nadine. Well, this was just such a pleasure and honor. Um, like I said, it was great to finally get to meet you and to feel your energy and um, just the magic that you and your crew are creating with living libations and uh, your mission is uh, part and parcel to mine. So very grateful for this conversation. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.